0: And if you need that kind of support, I really recommend this podcast. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. Welcome to Mom and Mind, a podcast about maternal mental health from conception, pregnancy to birth and postpartum. Hi there. Welcome back to Mom in Mind. I'm your host Dr. Cat. I'm so glad you're back with us. I've been hearing more great feedback from all of you and clients who listen to the podcast, and I'm so 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 happy to hear that you feel supported and that you're getting the information that you really deserve. Recently, I heard some feedback that while these episodes are useful and helpful and informative, that they can also be really difficult to hear especially for some people who are still very much feeling their feelings and in the thick of it. It can feel triggering or too sensitive of a topic to listen to, and I definitely get that. So I hope those of you who are still really in the thick of your feelings, if it feels like too much for you to listen to right now, it's totally fine to step away and find some other kind of support. These topics are hard to discuss And they are hard to hear about. And they're even harder to experience. You know, some part of me would love to have a podcast where all we discuss is hopeful and pleasant things. But I also think that we've been conditioned to only associate pleasant things with conception and pregnancy and birth and postpartum. And that's just not where we are. That's, you know, in terms of What really goes on for a lot of moms? It's not all happy all the time. And it's not a really balanced perspective. For me, I feel like there are lots of podcasts and topics that focus on the happy stuff. And I love those. And I listen to some of them. And those are absolutely necessary. What is also necessary in my mind is that we discuss the difficult stuff and give hope that the difficult things can be addressed. If you know me, you know that I'm an empath, and you know that small talk and surface talk is a chore for me. It's hard for me to do. I have to put effort into it. It's more in my nature to discuss real things, deep things, things that people have a hard time with. And hopefully, on this podcast, that we talk about it in a way that there's also hope, that there is also a healthy way out, that there's also room for healing and especially that you feel seen and heard and understood. In that same vein, however, I do get mad on behalf of mothers and fathers and parents, especially during this perinatal period of time, because there are some real injustices and real struggles that parents have, and a lot of them could be prevented if people were trained properly or had some awareness or themselves had the time to put compassion into their work or the awareness of how sometimes very small comments can really deeply affect mothers and fathers and parents. So when I get a little riled up, that's when I pull the old soapbox out and I do a little bit of polite yelling so today I bring you a special soapbox edition of the Mom and Mind Podcast. I recently asked on the Facebook page from the Mom and Mind podcast what bothers folks about how mothers are treated and the expectations that they are put under. It's sort of surprising how often I hear the same several things. So today I bring you a special soapbox edition of the Mom and Mind Podcast. And a lot of these things I'm going to be saying are some are my opinion, some are things that I've witnessed and seen and heard, and some are things that I've heard from other people, feedback from folks. And I'm going to be able to go through some of the feedback that I got recently from our podcast Facebook page. And so again, I want to preface this for folks who like to give feedback and especially negative feedback. If there's something that you don't agree with on this, that's totally fine. Not everything is for everybody. But if you do have some feedback, let's hear it. So I'm going to go ahead and start with the responses that I got on the Facebook page about what bothers folks, about how mothers are treated and fathers are treated, and the expectations that people are put under. And it's really, I don't know if I should still be surprised, but I am about how often I hear the same several things. And it makes me think, you know, that we have a lot more work to do. So one of the first comments that I got on the Facebook page was about pregnancy. This person described that it was the little jabs that got me, like talking about how big I had gotten, asking me constantly when the baby was going to be born, as if they could control it, and the unsolicited advice from every person they encountered. Such as, you think you're tired now, wait until the baby comes. Right. So how many of you have heard all of those things and maybe even said some of those things? I think, you know, being on the receiving end of those kind of comments, it's just so difficult, especially when you hear it over and over and over and over again. And it's really, I think part of what contributes to this is that we have sort of all subscribed to this way of talking about pregnancy, that when we're talking to a mom We're either saying, oh, geez, you better hold on to your hats and glasses, and this is going to be rough, or, oh, it's going to be amazing. You're just going to love being a mother. And yeah, so we have these two extremes. And it's like, you know, playing a game of tennis with a mom's mental and emotional state here you have this side and then that side and she's in the middle somewhere trying to just figure out how she feels. And as I said before, in the last soapbox edition, there's this thing that happens during pregnancy and postpartum where people just kind of project their thoughts and feelings and ideas and maybe even repeat things that they've heard other people say that aren't particularly helpful. It's just such a unique period of time. And It ends up just, I think, feeling like a lot of pressure. And as this person is describing, the little jabs that got to them is just happening over and over and over again. One person said that for their postpartum life, the unrealistic expectation that the transition to motherhood is the same for everyone, as in just because it was one way for you doesn't mean that it'll be that way for me and vice versa. Again, this is this shorthand way that we start to interact and engage with mothers. I think we've really done a disservice to mothers and to ourselves, really, for not having a more thoughtful way to engage with moms, engage with fathers, and engage with people who are going through, arguably, the biggest transition of their life, or one of them anyways, that we are engaging in this shorthand of, oh, it must be this way for you. And it's just not. It's quite a lot for specifically for a pregnant person to be hearing this stuff all of the time. People are just sort of projecting and throwing their ideas of what things are and how things should be onto them. I sort of picture a pregnant woman with one of those like flat white screens just right on her belly and everyone is just projecting their ideas onto her. And then what is she supposed to do with that? I don't know. Some people take it in. Some people feel like, oh, well, I guess I'm supposed to feel this way or that way. And other people completely reject it. And it adds to their frustration and anger because they're having to deal with this from people all the time. So the next one is people asking immediately after you have a baby, when are you going to have the other one? <laughs> I mean, how, really, how many people have gone through this? I think maybe Everybody. It's like you just push the baby out. You're just still trying to figure out where you are in the world and maybe even what that kid's name is. And people are asking you when the next one is coming. That is just silly. And like this person says, like, excuse me, I'm just trying to keep this one alive for now. And that's so true. It is really hard. Again, those questions, this idea of, all right, on to the next And frankly, that on to the next business, it happens all the time, everywhere. Oh, you had a pregnancy loss. Well, that's too bad. At least you're alive. At least you're healthy. At least you have another kid. You're having a hard time or you had a really traumatic birth or something difficult happens. Then, well, it's immediately discounted and devalued and you're told that you're not supposed to have feelings on some level and just to move on.
1: I know that raising a Differently Wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.
2: No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first time or second time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no
0: one told us. That's what one other person's comment was, that after having a traumatic birth, being told, well, you have a healthy baby, so it was worth it. I mean, let's just break that down for a moment. Let's just think about that. I don't know all of the circumstances of this person's birth, but from what a lot of moms describe who've had a traumatic birth, they are just trying to figure out where the ground is and trying to figure out if sometimes if they're going to be okay, if their baby is going to be okay, and maybe worried still that the baby's not going to be okay, and maybe have just had one of the most harrowing experiences of their entire life, and somebody's telling them that it was worth it. That's just, what are you saying there? I mean, let's just reflect on that for a minute. What are you saying? Yes, of course, of course, that person's going to be happy to have a healthy baby. That goes without saying. But really, are you equating the two that having a healthy baby was worth going through that? No, I'm sure she would have rather had a delivery or pregnancy or postpartum where she wasn't fearing for her life or the life of her child. How about that? Sort of in the same line is one other person was describing that they were six months pregnant and they had a loss of a family member. And they were told by more than one person that they were supposed to grieve after they had the baby so that the baby didn't receive any of their stress. I mean, how do you do that? How do you decide and literally put on a shelf like a full sad upsetting life experience, right? So the idea is somehow that you're just going to remove all of your feelings about the life situation you just went through and not have them and then just deal with it later. These kinds of things, these kinds of comments to people, I think, I hope, and as I think I said this on the last soapbox edition, my hope is that they're coming from a good place, but sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're coming from a judgmental place. And we as people who are interacting with pregnant and postpartum women, we have to do a better job of checking ourselves before we say what's on our mind sometimes. And frankly, I'm not immune to this. The, the socialization of the things that we say to people is somehow so ingrained that these things slip out of my mouth too. Thankfully, now I can catch it either before it happens or apologize right after. I'm certainly not perfect here. But the whole point is, is that You know, when you can, if you can, be thoughtful about what you're going to say to somebody and would you want someone to say that to you. There were a couple of people that made comments about medication during pregnancy and postpartum and breastfeeding specifically about the kind of shame that moms are sort of given for taking antidepressants during pregnancy or breastfeeding and very specifically the medical providers who don't understand that there are safe medications for both and that Sometimes, you know, the assumption is that medication is bad for the mom or for the baby, but it's not really thought of in terms of, well, the level of stress and the situation that the mother's going through with her mental and physical wellness is also a stress on the child. So, you know, just as a side note, well-trained doctors are thinking about the risk versus benefits to treated depression or anxiety or other perinatal mood or anxiety disorder versus untreated because there is also a risk to mom and baby for untreated. So, I mean, this is kind of a hot button sort of topic. Sometimes people don't have enough information or they think they have enough information and they're giving unsolicited advice on what this mom should try in order to stay This other person said to get off of the prescription medication that she wanted to be on, and it sounds like that she needed to be on. Specifically, she said, is medication that allowed her to feel human and care for her baby instead of being a sobbing mess that couldn't even get out of bed, horrified continuously by intrusive thoughts. So if there's a mom who's experiencing really difficult symptoms that are making it hard for her to parent, and you're telling her she shouldn't be on medication, well, that is actually helping her. What are you saying? There's a lot of underlying and inherent messages in that kind of thing. Primarily, and in a lot of these, is that the mother and the mother's health is secondary, if not less than that. And obviously, all of these moms who are suffering and struggling are doing the best that they can to take care of themselves and their child. But there's a lot of ways in which the health and well being of the mom is just. Out of the picture all of a sudden, like they should just not be taking care of themselves in the way that works for them and in a way that would actually help them take care of their child in a way that feels good to them. It's just an uninformed perspective. And frankly, it can be pretty dangerous to be telling people what to do about medication if you have no idea and certainly if you haven't had training to know what is appropriate and accurate. Another thing that came up that I'm really glad that this person brought it up is that she said that women of advanced age roll their eyes at the thought of a postpartum doula, saying things like, we never thought of getting help. We just put our head down and did it and all of this stuff. And she said, well, guess what? We used to wash our clothes on rocks and we've evolved and we've learned not to suffer in silence and we're more conscious of what a healthy looks like. And more confident in raising our hand when we're in trouble, and thankfully we now have baby wearing dads, dads that help with baby care, and now we have a chance at a better quality of life. I'm just gonna amen to that. There's really interesting thing that happens with, you know, maybe older generations or several generations back, where you know they all say things like, "Well, oh, we didn't have that when we were bringing up our kids." There's no such thing as postpartum depression we just did what we had to do and we didn't complain. And the messaging there is, again, it's really that as if people are just woke up one day and decided that I'm just going to complain about how I feel, that this is a sort of a made up kind of a thing. And what I hear a lot, and I think that every generation has to deal with this on some level, is it's like these kids, these young kids, and that kind of thing. This new generation, They're weak, they're spoiled, they're entitled. I think that might have been said about every generation that was one of the newer ones. Yeah, so this person has a great point. We have evolved in terms of understanding what perinatal mental health is and developing tools and supports for people who are dealing with this. And just because it wasn't addressed or wasn't understood or didn't exist, in air quotes, when you are of a certain age, doesn't mean it doesn't happen now. And I will say that this also happens with medical providers that aren't informed in current research. So here's where I am going to be maybe just a little bit controversial, maybe a lot. For the life of me, I will never accept that someone else can decide what I do with my body, or that somebody else should decide what another person should do with their body on some level, the whole idea that there's even a fight about the right to choose is steeped in the reality of the oppression of women. It's inherent in the idea that somebody has to fight about the right to choose what to do with their body. And I'm going to put this in the context specifically of how to birth, what environment to birth in, what procedures you should use, what procedures you shouldn't use. And to take it a step further, when somebody has decided what procedures they're comfortable with and what they're going to use. And that can mean everything from totally unmedicated, at-home, water birth with a midwife and a doula and a team of people there, to a birth where interventions are requested and needed, having a birth center birth, to a C-section, whatever it is. If somebody comes in with a birth plan, unless there is an absolute and clear and necessary emergency, just do what she wants. Please, I cannot count the number of people who have come in with what ends up being with some kind of traumatic experience or a situation that leaves them feeling angry or upset or frustrated that they came in with a birth plan and that while they're in the midst of pain or pushing or some kind of altered state, whether they're medicated or whatnot, that they are being told that they should do certain things or shouldn't do certain things without having their full informed consent to do them and without full understanding of what they're being offered. Now, I don't know all of the best way to go about saying this other than that it happens too much. And what I see is the women who are upset and suffering as a result. So, you know, again, I want to emphasize that there are some really amazing, amazing doctors and healthcare providers and support people and midwives and doulas and people who just at their heart have what the mother wants and needs all the time. And with everything they can do in their power, try to get the birthing person the birth that they want. But there are some healthcare providers who are just on kind of a trip. That's the only way I can say it. I know for a fact that there's an oath that people take when they become medical providers to do no harm.
3: If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent.
0: And I also know that there are instances where maybe it's not their intention to do harm, but they are making decisions that end up harming people. And again, I'm probably going to get some negative feedback about this or someone's going to be upset, but that's okay. You can write a letter. All I'm saying is if you feel like as a provider, you are telling somebody to do something because you think that's what they should do and it's not actually necessary, just stop. You took an oath to do no harm. You did not take an oath to force your opinion and procedures on someone's body. There's a whole other few episodes just in these last couple of comments that I've made about reproductive justice and birthing justice that we will address. But I just have to say something about it now because I've been hearing about it too much. And too much, in my opinion, frankly, is one but it's more than one. I have a group of people that come in and say things like this. So I'm going to put a plug out for doulas right now. I don't have the science right in front of me, but I do know that when you have an advocate, whether you're having a home birth, a birth center birth, a hospital birth, an emergency birth, when you have an advocate on your side who can slow things down for you, When things are hectic and fast in the delivery room, who can explain things to you that maybe you don't understand, and in a way that can help you make an informed decision, that's awesome. And, you know, doulas in some ways are a privilege. Not everyone can afford a doula. But there are some really great organizations out there that provide doula services for for low-income families or who get subsidized and can offer support and really great midwifery care that offers lower rates or sliding scales, and also some really great doctors out there that if you research a bit and you find them, you'll be able to find supportive doctors. But anyhow, as I said, this is kind of a whole other topic. And it gets people upset on both sides. People who feel like, well, you know, I'm a good doctor. People shouldn't be saying these things. And that might be true. And people on the other side who've had really negative experiences and their truth is that they weren't listened to. And that their truth is, is that they were felt forced or felt coerced or felt lied to about wherever it was. It could be in conception. It could be in pregnancy. It could be in birth. It could be postpartum. But my goal here on this soapbox, oh mine, is to bring it up and to talk about it. So again, not everybody's going to agree with my opinion or my perspective here, and that's fine. But for the people who do and who need to be heard and need to be seen and need to be stood up for, that's what this soapbox is about. So I'm going to add on to that a little bit, kind of at the tail end here, but just as important, is that whatever your experience is, nobody has the right to tell you that you feel differently than you do. And frankly, to try and talk you out of how you feel. It's just, I hear it all the time. And people who don't believe you when you say that you're not doing well, oh, you'll be fine. Or when you are saying to even uh, like a healthcare provider or a friend or something, I'm not feeling myself, I don't feel right. And someone tries to talk you out of it, just because somebody does not understand your opinion, your feelings, your opinion, your experience, doesn't mean it's not true for you. It does not mean it's not true for you. If that's what you feel, that's what you feel. Now, there are ways to cope with how you feel. There are ways to try and work through how you feel and maybe get to a place where you feel differently and you feel better. But if you're expressing to somebody your thoughts, opinions, feelings, experience about your situation and they tell you no, there's a problem. Go find somebody else to talk to go find somebody else who will listen who will believe that that is your experience and support you in the way that you need to change how you feel if that's what you need to do and with that I will wrap up this soapbox edition if there's anything that came up for you today that you got heated about yourself that you want to talk about further that you have opinions on I'd love to hear from you you're welcome to give feedback about the episode on the Mom and Mind Facebook page, or if you want to have more of an in-depth conversation and connection, then you can meet us over on the closed group for the Mom and Mind Connection Facebook group. And as always, you can email me directly at momandmind at gmail.com. I'd love to remind you guys too that the Mom and Mind podcast is open for sponsorships. If you have an awesome program, a training, a service, or support for perinatal folks and families, consider a sponsorship to let the listeners know about it. Thankfully, we have more and more listeners every day, and you guys are all helping to spread the word about this very important stuff around perinatal mental health. Please come over and connect with us at momandmind.com for more information and links to resources and all of the other podcast episodes we've had so far.